All right, welcome in, Dween Nation. This is Dween Sports. I'm your host, Justin Paez, and I'm really excited to announce that this is the first official podcast for Dween Sports. But I couldn't do this alone, and I, I want to bring in my cousin, Genoa Agudelo. Genoa, how are you doing today, man? Yo, 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 what's up, Dween Nation? I'm doing good today. Justin, how are you doing today, my man? Doing great, man. I'm just excited for some playoff football. How about you? Oh, man, it's playoff weekend, Justin. We are on the road to the Super Bowl. We are on the road to Vegas. This is what makes football football, Justin. This is where it gets exciting. And these, this is the time where legends are made, Justin. So I'm excited for today. I'm excited for tomorrow. And uh, hey, let's get this thing going, man. Yes, on the way to the Super Bowl. Excited to have you on. And I really just want to get into this first game because it's been well talked up this week. How are you feeling about the Texans at Baltimore? Well, you know, we're look, when you look at the Texans, you look at the Ravens, you know, these are two teams that started the season against each other. Um, and now one of these teams are going to be ending against each other. And when you look at the Ravens, Justin, they have the, the runaway MVP, Lamar Jackson, who, you know, throughout the season was a little shaky, but, you know, really finished strong here. Um, and I just I think the Ravens are just very physical defensively. And I, I don't know, this is just not a good matchup here for the what do you think? Definitely a tougher matchup for the Texans. Uh, I, the Baltimore Ravens are pretty well rested, even though they're going into this game with no Marlon Humphrey, no Mark Andrews. Those are some key pieces to this to this Baltimore team. What do you think the effect will be with, without those three guys? Well, you know, I guess with Mark Andrews, I guess I don't really miss the step. You know, Mike McDaniel unbelievable lately as of late. Uh, I think he's been averaging about five or six catches a game. You know, I I would say he had a couple touchdowns in the season. Um, I think what affects the most is the loss of Marlon Humphrey. I think he is one of the heartbeats of that defense. Um, you know, their secondary isn't what Baltimore is most known about. They're, I guess they're most known about their front, their front seven. They're ferocious front seven, Justin. Um, I think I do think they're going to miss Marlon Humphrey for sure today. I think with Bill Collins playing red hot at the moment, think that they are going to miss the presence of Marlon uh, Humphrey tonight. Um, but, you know, with Andrews out, I do like Lightning. Uh, but I do think that he has a pretty decent game today, uh, especially with that weather. But uh, I like Likely today. Uh, you know, DraftKings parlays, Likely. Got Likely. Likely yeah. today. We'll definitely dig into some more of that DraftKings draft picks in a second. But I really want to look at this first game of the season back in back in September, we saw Houston go to Baltimore, and I feel like this is repeating. And I'm looking at it right now, and they they dominated that game on the box score. But if you look at stats through the first half, the score was seven to six, really close close battle of defenses. What pulled away was this Baltimore rushing offense. Now they had over 100 yards, and they had three touchdowns, and I just think the Texans' defense has really improved since – look at last week. They played Cleveland. Cleveland had 20 carries, only 56 yards, 6.8 a carry, one touchdown. Now, uh, Baltimore, as much as they've been known as, as a really strong rushing offense, they don't have Dobbins, they don't have Jones. Justice Hill's kind of been in and out of it. Keith Mitchell tore his ACL. They do have Gus Edwards. What do you think will – be the X factor for Baltimore to look better than they did against the Ravens. Well, Justin, when you look at the Ravens, there's no doubt about it that Lamar Jackson is going to be 
of our quarterback. The X factor for this game was definitely Zay Flowers. You know, um, rookies this this year, as we talked about, you know, a couple of days ago, uh, rookies this year in the playoffs have been performing at a high level. Um, and I look when you look at Zay Flowers, you know, the Ravens took him real early or as early as they could. You know, he was one of I guess the two or three receivers taken in this uh, past April's draft. And I feel like this is now the time where Zay Flowers is going to have to perform at a high level. You know, when you look at quarterbacks historically in the playoffs, you know, they're going to need to pass, pass, pass. And without Mark Andrews, I think Zay Flowers is the guy to look at in Baltimore. Uh, he is the X factor. If the Ravens want to win, they're going to have to move the football. We all know that Baltimore loves to use their running backs, love to run the football. But the Texans have been really good at, you know, I know Kareem Hunt had a couple touchdowns last week, but they really don't, like, let up a lot of rushing yards. So I do think that Zay Flowers is the X factor, uh, and he's the guy that Lamar's going to be looking to go to all night to move the ball. I like that. I like the, the rookie pick there, because we've seen at least through one week of the NFL playoffs, rookies have kind of stolen the show. We saw Rasheed Rice in that Miami Chiefs game, put over 100 yards on his mm-hmm. floor. We saw, of course, C.J. Stroud, huge game. Uh, I know we, we'll be talking about this guy soon, Jordan Love, and his rookie quarterback uh-huh. debuted. I know uh-huh. he's been yep. in for a little while. He dominated. So Zay Flowers being a, being a big pick could, could be could be a really good one. And uh, speaking on good picks, I, I really like to jump into some betting, some DraftKings. And we got yeah. a lot of, of contests on. Tell me a, tell me a couple – that you think are really good values and, and must must haves in your lineup? Well, Justin, I have a few lineups for today's matchup that I think. Uh, one of them that I was really surprised on is uh, I have a captain showdown here on DraftKings, and one of my captains, uh, surprisingly, is Baltimore defense. Um, they are salaried at only 6200 And, you know, Justin, when you look at Baltimore's defense, think about the past couple weeks. So just forget about the week 18. Uh, versus you know Steelers, I don't think they had all their starters. But after before that, you know, you look at their game versus San Francisco. You know that is the best offense in my opinion. And Baltimore went in there on Christmas Eve and just made them look silly. Uh, made Purdy look silly and confused. And it was a thirty-three to eighteen or something like that victory. And I just really like Baltimore right now at the bank in that weather. You know, historically Baltimore is known for. That is the heart and soul of Baltimore is defense, defense, defense. So when you look at them today on the DraftKings um, you know, showdown, I do like Baltimore. Uh, but if you're an offensive guy like me, I have some players. And one of them, I think, might be for you. He's been around. He's been around, around, around. Not Lamar. No, 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 no. It's this guy by the name of Odell Beckham Jr. Remember him? You know Odell very well, very well. Oh, man. I think Odell is a very sneaky. Now, I did say Zay Flowers just a moment ago is the X factor of this game. However, when you think about it, the last time Odell was in a postseason game, he was scoring two touchdowns already by halftime uh, before he ultimately suffered a knee injury uh, before halftime. But, hey, besides that, the last time Odell was in a playoff game, he could have been MVP of that said football game. So when you look at it two years later, Justin, Odell's, you know, going through these setbacks, these injuries. Now that he's finally back, he said himself just a couple weeks ago that, hey, this is the best team that I've ever played with. Look at that. You know, he's playing with the eventual MVP, 
and Baltimore is the number one seed versus a, a defense that can be beat secondary-wise. You know, you look at Odell Justin. I think he is a sneaky pick across all betting platforms. Um, I'm also looking at players like Isaiah Likely. Uh, you know, now that Mark Andrews has still not yet been activated off IR, Justin, I do believe that Likely gets about five or six catches, maybe a touchdown today here in the bank. And um, let's flip sides here for um, so Nico Collins has been red hot for the Texans, and I do think he's going to get a lot of attention from Baltimore's defense. So, Justin, I think that the um, sneakiest player for Houston is Dalton Schultz. You know, Schultz, he's been in some playoff games with Dallas in the past, but now he's in the biggest playoff game he's ever had with Houston in Baltimore. He's going to need to be the guy that CJ's going to go to, and, you know, Nico gets ultimately double-teamed. Uh, and lastly, I think this is a kind of an X factor, Justin, for Houston. It's going to have to be Devin Singletary. You know, Baltimore's defense is going to stop the run. So if I'm Houston, I'm going to need to figure out how to run, if that makes sense. going to need to run the football, you know, have CJ figure out the play action against this tough defense. But the only way to do that is they're going to have to figure out the run. So it's going to have to feature Devin Singletary. And one last thing, Justin, that week one matchup, I just want to point out right here. The starting running back for Houston was Damian Pierce. He had 11 carries and only 38 yards. Singletary was not yet the lead back yet. So Singletary, that game, only had seven rushes for 15. I know, like I said, Baltimore is a very tough, tough, tough run defense. Historically, it's always been that way. So this game is going to have to be the Devin Singletary show. And I know CJ can work with that, but ultimately it's going to have to be Singletary uh, to get this offense moving for the Texans. I like, I like all those takes. And, you know, Maybe you know a little a little deep deep sleeper that we could be talking about is, is an old buddy of yours, Steven Sims. He was called up due to the Noah Brown yep. place on IR. Yeah. He'll be out, but yeah. Steven Sims is now now maybe a topic of conversation along with John Mechie and, and Xavier Hutchinson. What do you think? In, in, yeah. Any any guard throws to the receiver too for the Texans? Well, Steven Sims out of Travis High School here in Richmond, Texas, he is now in the Texans. Crazy to see as a former teammate of his in high school, but now he's on the Texans, and hey, maybe he could be a hometown hero today for the Texans. Uh, we'll see how many snaps he can get. Uh, he can get about 30 snaps, maybe about 20 to 25, 30 snaps, J-Pay. I do think he can get a couple catches, maybe a touchdown off the five or six-yard line, but definitely he, he can flat-out run the ball. He can flat-out run the ball. If you can give him some posts, he can go deep. So, I, I, I like I like me some Steven Sims, you know. I, he can be kind of like that Tank Dell-esque type of player. I know Tank Dell did a lot for our offense during the year before he went out. Um, you know, with no Noah Brown, with no Tank Dell, with Robert Woods sort of getting up there in age. You know, he's had injuries. He hasn't been the same Robert Woods as, as we saw back in L.A. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, Steven Sims could get a couple catches. And, you know, maybe I look for him and throw him a deep down, you know, 45, 50 yards. Maybe he can get one. I say, you know, it's a slow week. Let's try to involve him in the offense, and uh, you never know. This is where uh, here in the playoffs, this is where heroes are made. Right, and I, I love that. It, especially in your DraftKings lineups, you always have those those cheap those cheap guard throws that can really either go off, just high, high reward, but low risk. So I really like that, Steven Sims. Now, talking through all that, we need to get move into the next game, but I really want to get your prediction on the score and who's moving on to the conference championship. 
Well, Justin, as a Texans fan, as a Texan lover, this pains me to do this. But when you have the runaway MVP, when you have a coach in uh, John Harbaugh who's been here for years and years, and when you have a culture here in Baltimore that is set on defense, I'm going to have to pick the Ravens because the number one seed, and for them, it's now or never. It is now or never for Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team. So, unfortunately, love my Texans, but I'm going to have to go with the Ravens 30-21. to 21. Um, And, uh, you know, that's all i got to say about that, sadly. What about you, Justin? That's, uh, that's tough, too. You know, we're both Houstonians, so we, we definitely feel that, that Houston – that Houston firepower for them finally being good for the first time. But I'm going to have to stick with my Houston Texans with, with Mr. No Chance All Right, Mr. Standing on Business, C.J. Stroud. He's he's on another level, and, and he's going to really solidify himself amongst the top, top three to top five quarterbacks in the league. So I, I think the Texans win 35 to 30, and we're on, we're on opposite sides on that one. But let's see how we are for this next game. It's nighttime game. We got the Green Bay Ooh. Packers going to the San Francisco 49ers house. Oh, oh, Justin, this is going to be a game of games. Now, if you asked me about this game a couple weeks ago, I probably would have said 49ers in a blowout, but I'll get to the pick. I'll get to, we'll get to the pick later, but this is a very interesting matchup, Justin. When you look at the Packers now, okay? You look at the Packers, let me just let me just say one thing. Four or five weeks ago, I was not confident in Packers, not at all. When you look at through the season with Green Bay, I was not confident at all. They had a lot of bumps and bruises up through the year. You know, they had a game, I remember, on a Monday night in Vegas where Jordan Love just looked horrible. Horrible, terrible, terrible, no good. And, uh, you know, throughout the year, you just didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. You know, and then here we are last week with Dallas. It, it, it's just like, wow, you know, because, you know, with the Lions – you just don't see Green Bay becoming that team. But, you know, this is going to be an interesting one, Justin. I got to ask you, what do you th- before we get into all this game, what do you think about Jordan Love? What, first of all, what did you think about him in the beginning of the year, the middle of the season, and now? now? What, what, what are your takes on him? I think, I think a big thing now that a lot of fans, including myself, don't understand is just to have patience. We saw with the Packers with Rodgers early in his career. And through, what, three years, Jordan Love was sitting behind A-Rod. We are like, there's no way this is going to happen. Going into the season, he, he won a couple games right off the bat, if I recall. But it just it wasn't super pretty. And then we had ugly stretches throughout the year. So I, I was more off of Packers. They whiffed and they moved on. But the last, last handful of games in the season, he really started turning it on. And then it all just culminated with, with that game against the Cowboys. 48 points. I know Aaron Jones had a huge game, but Jordan Love is that guy for the Packers. I don't know how they did it again, but they have their next franchise yeah. guy. I'm pretty content in that. Yeah, take. absolutely. Um, but I think a big thing for the Packers today, which will hurt them, I know they have a, a, a plethora of talent on this team. Aaron Jones and Romeo Dobbs and Musgrave and Kraft and Wicks and Jaden Reed and Christian Watson. I think, I think they're just missing that stud, you know? You look at the at 40, wide receiver. Yeah, wide receiver. Yes, for sure. And on, on the 49ers side, you know, they got Debo, they got Ayuk, they got Kittle. Those are all well-established names. I know a lot of the Packers receivers are rookies or, or second-year guys, so there's still a lot of room for them to build. But that's what's going to hurt them. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
here's the thing. I have my X Factor Okay, we all know the X Factor and I'll get into that in a second. But I have my X Factor list here for Green Bay, and there's no doubt about it. It is Aaron Jones. You look at the game last week for um, Green Bay in Jerry World. I, I haven't seen this type of Aaron Jones all season. So this is the throwback Aaron Jones that we've seen in those good old Aaron Rodgers days, those good old Aaron Rodgers MVP. And this is the guy that's going to have to do the same thing here in in, 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 in Santa Clara. He's going to have to be the guy that moves the ball and gets the pressure a little bit off uh, Jordan Love today. Because, you know, historically, Green Bay in San Francisco has never been good. Even with Rodgers and Devontae Adams at the peak of their powers, they still cannot take out the almighty San Francisco 49ers with Shanahan in that offense and that defense. So Aaron Jones is going to have to be the guy to get uh, the ball moving. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. That's just how it's going to have to be. If you want to get A.J. Dillon involved, I'm not sure if he's active yet. Let me see. I think he is going to be active for today's game. It looks like uh, maybe have him involved a little bit, A.J. Dillon. But for the most part, it's going to have to be Aaron Jones. So all season, Aaron Jones has been in and out the lineup. He was there, but he wasn't. So it's going to have to be Aaron Jones who moves the ball and gets uh, Jordan Love able to, to form that play action. Because, you know, once last week Aaron Jones was feeling himself, he had already two touchdowns to start the game. I feel like Jordan Love was much more comfortable moving the ball. And from there, Green Bay just never – their foot off the gas pedal. Yeah, that's a very interesting take, and I really want to make this other point that I was, I was researching on, is that the last four playoff games where the 49ers and the Packers matched up on the 49ers way, so the 49ers historically are are the daddies of the Green Bay Packers, and I don't think that really changes, and I think it will be a close game, and there will be moments where we're like, maybe Green Bay can have it, but I think the Niners are just too overpowered, and Kyle Shanahan's really, really itching for that Super Bowl that he's close, but he's never grabbed it. I just one last thing on the Packers here. I'm just reminiscing on their schedule this year. Where, you know, they're I guess ten and seven record, I believe. Uh, there was a couple games where I just thought, hey, this this might not be good. And there was one I believe uh, they were home with Detroit on that Thursday night. Uh, this is where Lions won by score 34 to 20 on a Thursday night in September. I just didn't see it with Jordan Love. Uh, there was a game that they did win in Green Bay versus New Orleans, but the whole entire time they were down up until the end of the third quarter. I just didn't see it. Yes, Jordan Love led a heroic comeback. Um, let's see. One last game I do want to discuss. It's, like I said, in Vegas. It was very disappointing with Jordan Love, but the game that highlights their season. And it was home on a Sunday night, December 3rd, against the Chiefs. And Mahomes was in town for that. And, you know, Jordan Love showed him that he could be in that conversation. So just a couple things on the Packers schedule. Let's see which Packers team we get tonight in Santa Clara. Um, and, uh, you know, now that we're done talking about the Packers, real quick, I know the 49ers are dynamic. They're, I had a tough time trying to figure this out, but I'll ask you this, Justin. In that dynamic offense in San Francisco, who has the better game? Who is the expected team? For me, Justin, I couldn't figure it out. There's too many all-stars on the team. There is a ton of great players on all teams. Cipher through who who on the receiving end, because we know McCaffrey's probably the front runner, star of the game, the most necessary mm-hmm. piece. But past him, it, it really can get, get to a real guessing game. And I think you have to pretty much 
one guy that is kind of always leaned on in those big is Debo Samuel. He's healthy. Mm-hmm. The team is healthy. I know Ayuk led the team in receiving and you know, still had those first games, but it's really Debo Samuel's uh, versatile skill set that, that makes him so so interesting and so necessary for the Just McCaffrey alone is not Right, right. I agree. Uh, I If I had to pick a player, Justin, I think I'm going to go Ayuk. He's been their really re- most reliable receiver, and you know, Debo has been great. He's the ultimate utility guy. But I, I'm, I, if I had to pick, obviously McCaffrey is an all-star, no doubt about it. I'm going to go with Ayuk being the guy who has a big game today. Um, probably guessing he has about, let me see, about seven catches. And I'm going to go 118, 120 yards. You know what? I'll give him a score. So I think Ayuk is going to be the guy today for the 49ers. Um, you know, this, this game is very interesting because – you know, this is the Jordan Love era. This is the era that we've, you know, been wait, preparing for and waiting for for the past three years, ever since he's been drafted. You know, this was a guy that was, I believe, drafted, uh, I don't know, maybe before Justin Jefferson. I could be wrong on that. But, hey, this is the guy that replaced a four-time MVP and a future Hall of Famer. So can this guy be the guy to race the demons of the 49ers? Because Rodgers is 0-4 against – uh, 0-3 or 0-4 against the 49ers in playoff play, so it's going to be interesting here in Santa Clara to see what Jordan Love can do in terms of erasing these demons in the past. I, to- I totally agree, and if Jordan Love is able to, to erase those demons, to, to beat that stigma the 49ers are, are currently that really cha- changes the face of the NFL in my opinion. The 49ers mm-hmm. are, are that team that they've kind of been Hanging around the one-two in the power rankings of best teams in the league, and Green Bay can come into come into their building and really take over. That would be great. I I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be a wonderful story, and that just leads me to trying to pick pick the winner of this football game. And I think it it will be the 49ers, but it will be a closer game. Niners 34, Packers 27. Do you have any differing differing ideas on that? I agree with you, Justin. When you look at this 49ers team, something about this team, just something, gives me a little bit of that throwback uh, view of Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, Dwight Clark, and then a little bit of Steve Young. And it just gives me that if I were in the 80s, this is how I would feel, not only as a 49er fan, but as an NFL fan. It gives me a little bit of that, like, wow, this is probably what it feels like to see those throwback Super Bowl winning 49ers teams. So, yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to take San Francisco 36 and Green Bay is 27. Uh, I do think Green Bay probably fights back a little bit at the end, scores a touchdown and cuts the lead, but I do think 49ers kind of run the ball, milk the clock, get a couple first downs and get out there. And uh, host next week's NFC Championship will be also very, will, will be also very exciting. Uh, and so I got the 49ers, uh, you know, that offense is very dynamic. And so um, pretty, pretty – I was listening to a podcast for fantasy footballers recently. They were talking about, do we think that Purdy is the 49ers guy, like set it and forget it, man, if he loses this football game? Uh, I do think he's still the 49ers quarterback. I do think, you know, when you look at led by Garoppolo, it wasn't as dynamic as this year. You know, even last year when they had just that McCaffrey, still had that doubt, like, uh, can Garoppolo do it? 
And they did trade away Trey Lance uh, to go for with Purdy. So I do think Purdy is the guy. I do think they can win championships with Purdy. He's only going to get better from here. And he seems very confident, very posed. You know, he did have that stinker, like I mentioned earlier, against the Ravens. But I do think Purdy is their quarterback should they lose. And I think they should just work with them and build with them because I do think Purdy is the future, absolutely. Great. And, and I, I saw another really interesting stat is that Purdy is the only quarterback out of the remaining QB that wasn't a first-round draft pick. I mean, we saw – are we – you know, CJ it was the second pick, and Lamar is the last pick in the first round, and we saw Jordan Love was a first rounder, and Goff and Baker are number one picks, and Josh hey, Allen yeah. was top ten pick, I think, number six, and so he can really make that name for himself, being Mister Irrelevant to the most relevant. That would be great. Yeah, thanks for all uh, the time. How crazy would that be, huh? How that crazy would, be, would that be? That would be an absolute story, and that's why. I don't think the NFL is rigged, but, like, some of these stories, man, they're just, like, written from a beautiful author's perspective. Too perfect. Too perfect. I agree, Justin. I agree. All right. Well, let's move on to that third game. Moving into the Sunday slate, we got Tampa Bay, who just had a really impressive win over the Philadelphia Eagles, and they're going to Detroit, who also had a pretty uh, pretty good game against the Los Angeles Rams. What are some, what are some keys to the game for – for Tampa Bay to really come into the building and take away? You know, Justin, for Tampa Bay, this is one of the most surprising stories in the NFL. I got to admit, I got to admit, I'm a man of admitting when I'm wrong. I had the Buccaneers picking in the top three of this year's draft in 2024. I had them picking a quarterback um, and maybe a top three or top four pick. I did not uh, pick them to win the division. I think I had maybe uh, the Saints or the Falcons. Uh, but I did not have Tampa Bay. I think with the departure of Tampa, uh, Tom Brady, I thought the offense was a little go down here. And even in all fantasy leagues, you know, Justin, I didn't pick my guy Mike Evans. I didn't even look at Godwin. And not only that, the most surprising player, I did not look at Rashad White, who now going into this year's fantasy drafts, he's going to be a top five, maybe top ten running back. There's no doubt about it. So when you look at the um, Buccaneers' surprise, surprise team, this is an offense that is very sneaky and and as we saw a couple years in the Super Bowl, this is a very sneaky defense, a uh, very good defense, still up front seven, pretty good as they were able to have their way against Philly last week. Uh, when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have pretty good targets all over the field. You have the future Hall of Famer, Mike Evans. You have Godwin, who is a catching machine. And you have Rashad Wright, who is emerging as one of the young, young running backs of this league. He can get hot at any given point. He also does it all for the 49ers. He can get catches at the backfield. Can get you good 15, 20 yard plus rushes, and he's a beast. Four touchdowns here and there, uh, all over off the line of scrimmage. So when you look at the uh, Buccaneers, they're going to have to use Rashad White. You know, he is their guy. And um, I'll tell you what, they just like the Texans and Ravens, um, Tampa Bay and um, Detroit did face off here in the season. Um, and Detroit was able to have their way. When you look at the stats of that game, Rashad White only had seven carries for 26 yards. Uh, and so that's very low uh, for Rashad. Um, he's definitely a guy that you have to get going. Absolutely. If you cannot get him going, you will not win this football game. Also, he only had three catches for 12 yards. That's not going to do it here in this game. This is a short one. They're going to be loud. They're going to be ruckus. So 
So I'm looking at this game. They're going to have to get Rashawn White early, uh, involved early, and um, he's going to have to be the guy today for Tampa Bay. What do you think, Justin? You know, I really do like to look at that that first game that happened earlier in uh, October, I believe, where Detroit won 20 to six in Tampa Bay's building. It was a big Jared Goff Amonra St. Brown game, but mm-hmm. and and I think that Tampa Bay is not going to match up well with this Lions team, even in that first game. Amir Gibbs was inactive. David Montgomery yeah. left the game injured, and it was just a lot of relying on on Goff and Amonra connection, and and they yeah. just showed it. And and now I know Tampa Bay's run defense is going to be out, but now Detroit has another uh, part of their arsenal with those two running backs fully healthy yeah. playing. So I think Detroit it, could could change that that one win in thirty years to two wins uh, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but. I know Tampa Bay. They looked pretty good on defense. They were they were blitzing the the, the chunks off of this Eagles team, yeah. Who is boasted as the the number one offensive line in football. So if they if they mm. if they really pressure and and put some fear into Jared Goff's eyes, this could be a really different game. Uh, I really uh, I want to I want to ask you this question on the Detroit side and on Tampa Bay side. We know we know the top guys in Rashad White and Mike Evans. You know the top guys in, in Laporta and St. Brown and Gibbs and, and, and Goff and maybe even Montgomery. Are there any other uh, receivers that you think really make a make an impact in this game? I'm looking at Josh Reynolds. When you look at what he did last week against his former team, I'm not sure if that was like, uh, hey, this is your former team ball off. But I do think that now that uh, Jared Goff is in the playoffs, he's going to need to play as best as possible. He's going to start looking at Josh Reynolds' way. Now, I do like the potential of Jamison Williams. He seems legit. I think if you give him another year, he'll be, you know, a great wide receiver, too. He'll be the T. Higgins to uh, the Jamar of Amon Ross St. Brown. So, I think that it's going to have to be Josh Reynolds who's going to make those gritty catches on, you know, second and eight, third down, when you must need a catch. And, you know, one thing about this Lions team, Justin, is when they're home, when they're at Ford Field, when they are in Detroit, they are going to score points. They are going to put stats uh, stats up on the board. As we see here, when they played each other in Tampa, it was a score of 20-6. to six. Not that, you know, stats aren't beautiful to see as a fantasy lover or a better or someone that just loves offense. You know, Amon Ra did have a great game. He had a really good game last week. And that's really it, you know. All, everything else was even Laporta had a uh, – and you also mentioned that Gibbs didn't play and Montgomery left early. So when you look at this Detroit team at home, they're going to throw it all over the field. They're going to throw it. They're going to run it. They're going to score points. They are going to put stats on the board. So I do like Josh Reynolds as a sneaky pick uh, to have a great another great game. I feel like uh, the momentum off of last week's win is going to push Josh Reynolds more into the game plan with Goff. And, you know, with Tampa, they have a defensive head coach. Todd Bowles knows how to win at the highest level in defense. Historically, he has been – Head of the throne when it comes to orchestrating great defense. So I do think maybe Amon Rock might get taken out of this game, double team. So you look at a Josh Reynolds, you look at a Jamison Williams, and don't forget about the stud rookie tight end in Sam Laporta. This guy is going to be a great tight end for years to come. He is Goff's go-to guy besides Amon Rock. But Justin, if I had to give you X factor, it would have to be, it would have to be. David Montgomery. He's been a little quiet lately, just a tad bit. I think he did score a touchdown yesterday. But I do think today they're going to get it going on the shoulders of David Montgomery. And I do think Gibbs has 
a pretty good game as far as the scrimmage yards. So, you know, with this Lions team at home, you never know what you're going to get, but you're going to get something. Man. Never know. I totally agree. I really want to point Did you see that video with Todd Bowles earlier this year? The reporter was asking if they, uh, if, if they, if they'll, if they'll be ready or how they're preparing for the cold in Detroit. And the man was like, they play in a dome, you know, like what for yeah. 20 minutes I'll be in or whatever. Kind of a silly question. Right, I saw that too. I was like, bro, everybody knows Detroit plays in the stadium, you know. And might as well, I, guys, that Cowboys game last week, I think the best watch of last week was Detroit and L.A. Just the storylines on both sides. I mean, how can you forget that Detroit plays in a stadium, uh, a closed-roof stadium, you know. Uh, you know, shame on that reporter, you know what I mean? I totally agree. But I do think this week has a ton of storylines to be thrown in. And we know that. Baker was a, a number one overall pick for the Browns, and Goff was for the Rams. But now they're now they're leading two different squads, and I think for Baker, which could be really he, to me, he is the X factor for this game. I know he's a quarterback, but this season has really been a real revital revitalization of his career. Uh, I think a lot of people aren't seeing I, as much as I do want to give Baker his his credit. I think it really is lying on their offensive. Dave Canales, he mm-hmm. he's actually a first-year play caller, which left a lot of doubt in a lot of people's eyes, including us two. We didn't think the Bucks had a lot in them. But look at Dave Canales. He was the quarterback's coach last season for Geno Smith when Geno Smith's career just got resurrected. So he's done that now with two right. quarterbacks. He's going into going into this game where the Lions are, are pretty – Weak in the secondary, so I think it's got to be a big Baker game that that will equal a big Mike Evans performance. He didn't do much last week against the Bears. Not that he really needed to. He only put up 48 yards on three catches, but I think this game might be a, a real uh, career-defining performance for Mike Evans. Do you think there's any other wide receivers besides Evans that can really make a difference in this game? Well, you look at Chris Godwin. He had a beautiful touchdown last week to put the Eagles away uh, in Tampa. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, Justin, just one thing I want to mention. You did mention Mike Evans, and that is my boy. And he's yours, too, a Texas A&M alumni, right? Thank you, Jerry. <clears throat> one thing I want to mention, <clears throat> the last time Mike Evans was in Detroit was uh, 2020. It was a week, I believe, 17 matchup in Detroit. Now, listen to this stat line, Justin. 12 targets, 10 catches, 181 yards. Once again, 181 yards in Detroit with two touchdowns. I know that was with the great Tom Brady. But, hey, in Detroit, I know probably they didn't have Dan Campbell yet. But just saying, in Detroit, 10, uh, 10 catches, 181, and two scores. Uh, he hasn't been in Detroit since. They did play the Lions after that, again, obviously in Tampa this past season. But when you look at Mike Evans' last performance in Detroit, and he's been quiet lately, all I'm saying, Justin, he might be onto something. It might, might, it might be a Mike Evans game, uh, just because maybe Godwin had his game last week, and now this week might be a Mike Evans game. So I do like the Mike Evans pick. And so, hey, if you guys are betting, you guys are doing parlays, fan duels, Mike Evans is your guy. I, I definitely pay up for Mike Evans in my lineup. I also pay up for a guy that scored a touchdown, maybe due to some bad tackling, but Trey Palmer had a very long 56-yard grab touchdown where he knocked off was James Bradbury, which right. for your information, Bradbury, Bradbury needs to be on the team. Anyway, uh, moving on to Paul. 
bomber. Yes, he 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 could be a big uh, a big touchdown touchdown uh, opportunity for him. I really like that. But just shaping that up, Ben, with with everything that's that's involved for this football game, who do you think is going to pull it out and, and move on to play the Niners? Well, Justin, um, hey Baker Mayfield, what a comeback story! I think he should be favored to win comeback player of the year because he's just been terrible. Uh, but that's another story. The Bucks are really good, but I'm going to have to take the Lions here. They are just so dynamic, like I mentioned. They might be the second or third best dynamic team at home next to the 49ers. Really, they just score points at home. They hardly ever struggle. Jared Goff is a great quarterback in that stadium. I'm going to go with Detroit, 27 to 21. Um, obviously, Laporte is going to have his Laporte is going to have his game. Maybe Monroe, but I do like our running game today. I do like both running backs for Detroit. I do like a Montgomery, maybe a 20, 25 carry game. I do like a Gibbs, a total of 85 yards behind the line of scrimmage. I do think Gibbs gets a lot of catches out of the backfield. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be a great day to be a Lions fan tomorrow in Ford Field. So I'm going to go with the Lions, 27-21. I think Baker shows, though, that he is the quarterback for the uh, Buccaneers going forward. And you know, um, it's a great. It would be a great season for them, but I do have the Lions. Justin, what about you? I, I I agree. I'm on your side with the Lions, and I do really like that point you made. I think Baker's going to do well enough to to solidify himself as the quarterback for the Buccaneers next season. But they're not going to have enough to beat the to beat the Lions in Detroit, and I think it will be a big Monra St. Brown game, and that'll lead them to a victory, 27 to 20. And we have our we have our NFC conference championship set up, and I really want to move into the last game of the week, which is probably oh the most boy. intense game because we've seen them now, I believe, two other times in the playoffs. Most recently mm-hmm. was a, a, a overtime thriller. We're talking about mm-hmm. the Chiefs and the Bills. Tell me a few things that you're really interested in this game. Oh, Justin, where do I even start with this game? First thing I just want to say, okay, we grew up. Late into the 2010s, maybe into the 2015, we never saw Brady versus Belichick. You know, we never really experienced, and I do think Tom Brady has the edge in playoff work. But hey, Justin, what about now? Is this now? Let me ask you. Let me ask this. uh, Ask you this question now. Do you think this is the current Tom Brady versus Manning, Peyton Manning, and Josh Allen versus Mahomes? You you think that's close or hand? Not really. Is it a stretch? I think. Now it could be a stretch, but I think it's only a stretch because when have we seen the Bills really taking it to the Chiefs in a game that really matters? You know, right, right. I mean, I did uh, looking at some research. It, it's true that the Mahomes versus Allen—they're actually three and three versus each other. But all of those Bills victories were non-playoff games. But in the in the playoffs, it's been the Chiefs who have had the upper hand. And I think the Bills really need to win this game for it to be be related to a a Brady-Manning type of rivalry, and I think that's exactly where the storyline needs to go here. Uh, But the thing is, so the Bills don't have Gabe Davis again. They don't have Taylor Rapp, which is their starting safety. However, this is Mahomes' first true road playoff game, which is really crazy to hear in his first six seasons in the league. That is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely wild that this Chiefs team continue continue to be so dominant. Now they're in Buffalo, in Orchard Park, in front of Bills Mafia. Is there a, is there a couple guys on the Bills side besides, of course, Stephon Diggs that, that really stands out to you? Well, to answer your question, before I answer it, I just must say this is going to have to be a 100% Josh Allen game. 
If he doesn't get this game done, he will be labeled now uh, a choker. Uh, but to answer your question, um, there's a lot of guys that are very, very underrated on this Bills offense. Uh, first off, you have the emergence of rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid. Uh, you know, I love Dalton Kincaid coming into the season. Um, but you also look at a new place. You mentioned Gabe Davis is out. Now there's this receiver that's sliding up to slowly, slowly behind Diggs. This guy by the name of Khalil Shakir. Uh, you know, last week, he didn't have a great game, but he did score a touchdown. He had a three catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. A wicked touchdown um, at that, too. He almost got tackled it was, it was straight up. Absolutely. He is on the upcome as being one of those second guys that Josh Allen's going to go to. And, hey, now you have Dalton Knox back. I just mentioned Kincaid, but, you know, for the most part of the season, Knox was on IR. So they met, they had to rely on Kincaid, the rookie Kincaid. And so I think uh, now th I think that uh, – Josh Allen's getting comfortable with running like a double tight end set. You know, he's going to go to Knox. He's going to go to Kincaid. Uh, last week, Knox, I believe, did score the first touchdown of the game. Uh, his stats were he only had one catch for that one touchdown. But, hey, it was in Buffalo. It was cold. Also, Josh Allen had a spectacular touchdown run. Um, but, you know, he's going to go to both tight ends. So it's going to have to be tight ends that he's going to have to go back to. Uh, Chiefs defense has been sneaky good all year. Sneaky good. Um, so – you're going to have to do things a little differently. I do think you're going to have to get Diggs Cook involved uh, in the passing game. Uh, now, look, when you look at the Bills, they're not a run team. They're not a team that's going to have a 100-yard rusher. Uh, it's pretty tough to have that. Um, when you look at James Cook, your leading back all year, Justin, he only had six rushing touchdowns. Now, he did have 1,200 yards in leading team. Let's just be real, Justin. This is not Buffalo's game. They're not a run-heavy team. If they're going to run the football, it's going to be Josh Allen. And I don't see James Cook having a crazy game. He could have maybe 60 rushing, 60 to 70 rushing yards, but not like, you know, uh, a run of 50-plus in one game. I, don't, I just don't see it. When you look at this game, it's going to have to be Josh Allen moving the ball with his feet, moving the ball with his arm. That's just how it's going to be. Josh Allen is going to have to prove he can take Mahomes out by himself. It's going to have to be all through Josh Allen to, uh, tomorrow night in Buffalo. Um, uh, but I definitely do think it's going to be through the tight ends. One of these tight ends are going to have a score. It could be Kincaid. It could be Knox. I, I really like that tight end that tight end pool. That Bills have been pretty successful in 12 personnel since Joe Brady became the offensive coordinator. And isn't that just a mm -hmm. wild and, and really impressive story that this Bills team, they started off pretty slow. They were losing some games they, they shouldn't have. Then they change offensive coordinators. Now they're now they're now they're a couple games away from the Super Bowl. I think it's really great to see, and I, I like that you pointed out James Cook. I don't think I agree that James Cook on the ground probably not going to be super impactful. They're probably not going to rely on him there. But back in a, a handful of weeks ago, when the Bills went to Kansas City and beat them, Cook had five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. I think that's where he's going to mm -hmm. make his money in this Bills game. I, I, I'm going to call him my X factor for this game. I know he's been the starting guy for a while, but there's been times where he's kind of been erased from the offense and hasn't been at, at as big of a focal point as he really should because he's such a talented player. I really like James Cook. I think he, he should be in your DraftKings lineup as well as this other guy, Rasheed Rice. I know he's, oh, his cost boy. is coming up, but that rookie is, is really establishing himself as, as the top guy and, and Next receiver one for Patrick Mahomes. What do you think about Rasheed Rice, and what do you think about the other Chiefs pass catchers? 
Hey, Justin, look, I know this year Kansas City has struggled with pass catchers, especially with Travis Kelsey, which I'll get into in a second. But, hey, Rasheed Rice is no doubt solidified the number one board for Kansas City. I do think uh, in this year's draft and in this year's free agency season's over, they need to really invest in some pass catchers for Patrick Mahomes. I do think Patrick Mahomes, uh, there's no doubt any football fan would agree with uh, me, he's probably had his worst season of his career, even as after coming off the Super Bowl and a regular season MVP. Uh, I definitely think Rasheed Rice is the star going forward for Kansas City. They did get a gem. I believe he was like in the fourth or was third or fourth round. Um, Rasheed Rice has been absolutely great. I mean, he has been uh, what the Chiefs needed. And when you look at the Chiefs' offense, they have struggled. I mean, let's just be real. Mahomes have had, has had some good games this year, but he has struggled. And, you know, they looked at a guy like Kadarius Tony, who's been struggling. Marvis, uh, Mar- uh, Marvis Valdez Scantley, I think, is saying his name right. He was better in Green Bay than he has been in Kansas City. Uh, and that leaves the emergence for Rasheed Rice. He's, he's probably going to have a great game. I do have Rasheed Rice having a great game in this contest. Uh, my projection for him is six catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. I do think Rasheed Rice does have a pretty decent game. Um, and uh, I do think that now when the season's over for the Chiefs, they're going to have to look, definitely look at some, some options. Now, they have the defense to win now. You look at this Kansas City defense, they're pretty good. They're pretty good, but now it's time to get Mahomes his dynamic offense back. They need to find the guy that can be their Tyree. And, you know, now that Travis Kelsey's getting up there in age, I don't think the hunger is all the way there for Travis. He has other things, as you might know, that's going on in his personal life that is very good. Little Tay-Tay action. He also has a lot of commercials. He has a podcast. I feel like maybe Travis Kelsey is one foot out the door, one foot still in, but one foot out the door in football, in pro football. So I think that now Kansas City is going to have to face a new direction with maybe new offensive players for Patrick Holmes. And, hey, they have one piece already with Rasheed Rice. So I guess that's a good start. Yeah, and, I, I mean, as much as Rasheed Rice has been has been uh, performing really well, we know that the Chiefs are probably digging through receiver pool in the draft or somewhere in free agency next offseason. Uh, we're looking at now, we're looking at this game tomorrow, and I think Kelsey, Kelsey needs to be Kelsey, you know. I know he's getting up there in age, but really weird drop-off at the middle of the season where he's, he's started to play really, really not poorly, but just not not to his standards. It's been a really weird watch, and I, I think it partially maybe his life, his life has taken a lot of uh, Lot busier uh, off the field, and uh, yeah. just just a side note. I mean, New Heights, please uh, shout out to right. Joe Agudelo and Justin Baez, JP and Janny here. But yeah, no. Anyway, back to the- I, I do have one thing. I do have one thing to add, Justin. Yeah, um, yeah. No, go ahead. Travis please. Kelsey has had a weird NFL season. Now, the last time he had over a hundred yards was in Week Seven against the Chargers. He had twelve catches. 179 yards and a touchdown. Ever since then, Justin, the highest yards he's had in the game was 91 in Week 12 against the Raiders. He has not scored a touchdown since Week 11 against that Monday night uh, Monday night game thriller against the Eagles in that Super Bowl rematch. Justin, he has not been the Travis Kelsey we know and love. He has not been the Hall of Famer. He has not been what I think is maybe the number two or number three overall best tight end in history in pro football. He he has struggled, Justin. I mean, last week he did have seven catches for 71 yards. 
But you look at week 17 against the Bengals. He had three catches, 60. Uh, the week before against home with Vegas, he only had 44. And the week before that in uh, New England, he only had 28 yards. I mean, this is not the Travis Kelsey we know and love. He barely broke 1,000 yards this year, uh, this year uh, Justin. He only had five touchdowns. That, that, I mean, are we looking at the same? I had to rub my eye real quick make sure I'm looking at this is the Travis Kelsey. And it, it, he's going to have to be the guy for sure, obviously, for Kansas City, uh, which is my X factor of the game. Justin, what do you think about Travis Kelsey in this game? I think he definitely needs to play more to how Travis Kelsey plays. Yeah, I agree. He's he's a top top three, top five tight end of all time, arguably the, the best, and not, not how he usually plays. And speaking of people who are not playing to their their, their peak, it's on Diggs. I mean, oh my I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it here. It's been a complete drop off of what he what he's normally putting up. The last time he got 100 yards was week six or seven against the Giants. But since then, yeah. his highest output has been 87 yards in week seven, week 18. Only a, a handful of touchdowns since then, and. It, it was looked like there there was something off about Allen and Diggs, but it still continues. What do you think about Stephon Diggs in this game? Well, Justin, when you look at Stephon Diggs, it's just like a Travis Kelsey thing. He has also dropped off pretty bad. Uh, you are right. The last time Stephon Diggs had 100 yards was against the Giants, and it was barely at 100. That's a duck. So when you look at Diggs, you know, him and Allen, you know, I remember a quote actually a couple a year or two ago that Diggs said that he would – wants to grow old with Josh Allen. It's like a marriage term. I want to grow old with this person. I want to retire with this person. I want to play the rest of my career with this person. So, you know, when you look at Bill's games in the past, he seems very unhappy. He doesn't seem – I mean, I did see that conversation last week against uh, uh, Pittsburgh. You know, you know, Justin, Stephon Diggs has is, is, is been a little bit disappointing. Now, he had a dynamic start to the he had 111, 120, 121, and 100 within the first six weeks. And I think he was leading the league around that time with Tyreek Hill. Uh, but, you know, he hasn't scored a touchdown since week uh, 12 at Philadelphia, and that feels good. But, you know, Justin, uh, he's going to have to be the guy as well, you know. I do think Josh Allen can make many plays happen, as he did last week against the Steelers. Uh, but Diggs, you know, I'm not sure if he's getting up there in age. I'm not sure if he's just – Unhappy, I you know, I you never know with Diggs. He's still a fantastic player, but I just don't know what Diggs we're gonna get in playoff, you know, postseason. When you look at Diggs, he is a character. You remember when they lost to the Chiefs in the 2021 championship, not the thriller game in the division round, but the first time they um, played. I think the Bang, uh, the Chiefs won by a big score. He was the one that was the last player off the field. He was watching the AFC champion celebration. He was soaking in. He was the last player to leave the field in that game. He watched uh, Travis Kelsey and Mahomes and the Chiefs raise that AFC championship trophy in Kansas City when the confetti was blowing. So I don't know. Is he going to be the guy that remembers that moment? And is he going to be the guy that says, you know what? You took this away from me. Now you guys are in my house. I'm going to have this um, legacy game. Watch this. Is he going to be that guy? Justin? What do you think? Might be surprising, but I think this is the game that Diggs really turns around. I, I like that you, you pointed out a couple a few years ago that that heartbreaking loss to the Chiefs. We saw Diggs standing out on the sidelines, really taking in the, the fact that he lost in that big game. Now it's been a couple years, and 
four losses, four losses in the playoffs. But minus the team really has their advantage at home. And I think it, it'll be a big digs game, and that's why I'm picking the Bills to win this football game. It's going to be a close one, most definitely. But I think they're going to win 26 to 23. How are you taking this game for? Look, um, I'm going to take Buffalo. Um, I just think that with Kansas City's uh, pass-catching struggles, it's not going to get better on the road in Buffalo in that ruckus, down, ruckus fan, with those ruckus fans, I'm sorry, and that snow. Uh, when you look at the Chiefs, they, they just – I mean, I do think Pacheco has a pretty good game, but how much can they – how many how many other players can get involved in this game? I just don't know. And also, just I want to mention, Buffalo, to me, seems like – Something about this team seems like they're ready now. Now, two years ago, they had that thriller in uh, Kansas City. You know, Mahomes marched down the field and threw it to Travis for the game winner. And that was a game that, like, sticks to Buffalo now. Going into last season, I remember, i never forget this, they started the season off in uh, L.A. where the Rams hung the banner. They were reigning champions. And Buffalo just went in there and showed them that they were the team. And they were that, they had that, like, Mark, and I do think it translates a little bit into the season. You know, they were struggling. I think they were like 6-6 six and six at some point of the year. They had that devastating loss to uh, Philly. Um, and ever since then, they seem like the team now where they're like, this is a now or never thing. Now or never now for Josh Allen and this Bills team. It could be their last run with Dicks. They also added Vaughn Miller, who they hope to be at peace. Last year, Vaughn Miller, I want to mention, he had missed the rest of the season. Because he had towards ACL. Now Von Miller's back, I believe. Now I feel like Buffalo has the run. They have that little bit of a this is our season. So I'm going to go with Buffalo here by a score of 34 to 28. I do think Mahomes has a good game. I do because you look at Mahomes historically, he's had pretty good games against Buffalo. Um, so I do think the Bills win though by a, a score of 34-28 with with Stephon Diggs. I agree with you having a great game. This will be a Stephon Diggs game, I believe. Looks like we're on the same side now for three of the four games. See who has the right pick for that Texans game. And uh, that really wraps up our divisional round, but we're not done yet, Green Nation. We have a couple more things that we really want to cover and we think you guys really need to hear about. Some of the biggest news around the league yesterday, Antonio Pierce, a couple days ago, Antonio Pierce was hired to stay in, in Las Vegas and be the next Raiders head coach. What do you think oh, about this move to keep Pierce? Oh, Justin, I absolutely love this move. When you look at the Raiders, they have had a coaching issue for years and years and years. You look at a couple of years ago when they fired Gruden, and then they get Rich uh, Basach. I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering that. He was a great, he was a great coach for them, Justin. I believe that he might have been that coach, but then they didn't keep him. They let him go. He went to Green Bay, and he's doing good there. But then they took in. Josh McGannis, who I've never been a fan of, Justin. This Raiders team needs someone with culture. When you have a team that has Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, and now emerging defensive superstar Max Crosby. Hey, this guy might be a future defensive player of the year candidate for sure. I'm going to have him going into next year as maybe, Justin, as a top five defensive player candidate. And I do think Antonio Pierce is the guy to get it out of him. I think Antonio Pierce is a great motivator. When you look at uh, his history, he was, I believe, a linebacker for the Super Bowl champion, New York Giants. He is a great player. I think he has great swagger to him. I think he can lead a team. He has the voice. 
he has the edge. And when you look at the Raiders, uh, Justin, you know, they had some pretty good games. Where they're impressive. On Christmas Eve, they went into Kansas City and rocked, bro. They also had a game before that where they scored 63 points. I know the Chargers had um, you know, lost Justin Herbert, but hey, for 63 points, Justin, in an NFL game, that's just crazy to me. I understand maybe 40 is like whatever, but 63, I mean, this guy is legit, is a legit coaching superstar. I do think if they can keep Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers had a great year, if they can just get a quarterback, Justin, they can just get a quarterback, a Drake May, a Bo Nix, uh, maybe a trade for Caleb Williams. Justin, this team is going to be not the Chargers, whatever they do with the coaching tree, not the Broncos, if they can figure out what they're going to do with Russell and Tom Payton. The Raiders have all-star potential in that beautiful stadium in Vegas. Antonio Pierce is the guy, no doubt about it. Give him a four-year, give him a five-year, let him do his thing. He's a young guy, and one thing, a trend that's going around here in the NFL is young coaches are taking over. You look at San Francisco with Shanahan, Green Bay with LaFleur, Houston with D'Amico Ryans. These are young coaches that are taking over the league little by little by little. And Antonio Pierce could be the next head coaching superstar, I believe, not only in just Vegas, but all over the NFL. Yeah, wow. Well, I, I You're really convincing me because I'm on the other side of this. I think Pierce was the right hire, but not the winning hire. You know, I agree. We heard Matt Crosby. He was, he was threatening or possibly – willing to request a trade if the team didn't hire Pierce. So they're keeping him around. He did a, a really good job, a lot better than what I expected of him. Aiden O'Connell playing quarterback this year. But for this hire to be really, really uh, – to work out for the Raiders, they need a really innovative play caller on the offensive side with also a quarterback because that offense was just kind of not super, super – Powerful. There wasn't too much lightning coming out of that offense. And now mm. that Pierce is the guy, and, and that's great for the culture of this team. That They really needed that because Josh McDaniels, as you said, was just not the right guy, was never the right guy, and was never going mm. to be the right guy, basically. So Pierce has that set in motion for them. Now it's all into who he hires in the offensive side. Then, yeah, they could really be a dangerous playoff contender. And Raiders could be looking a lot different than they've looked in about the whole time I've I've watched them. So that's great. And but Justin, yeah, what's up? I'm sorry. Well, no, one last thing, Justin. One last thing. He just feels Raiders to me. He just feels like, a, like I just don't want to explain. He feels like the Raiders, like the lead voice of the Raiders. That's just what I feel. No, that and that and that's kind of what you need. You kind of need that guy that embodies the spirit of your team. You know, and. I, you really convinced me with this Pierce thing because at first I was ready to jump on the heck no side of it, but you in a really nice way, and I think Pierce will be the right guy for them. I just hope they get a good offensive piece, a quarterback to lead the offense, and a coordinator to plays. I, I like that, and, and I would like to talk about one last thing as we're still waiting for a lot of uh, coaches to be announced, which we'll get into our predictions on coaches next weekend, but this last bit of news was Bill Belichick interviewing with the Atlanta Falcons. Danny, tell me what what are your thoughts about Belichick possibly being in Georgia next year for the Falcons? 
two things I want to say. One, it sounds like a joke just with the history with the Patriots and the Falcons. Falcons fan, I'm not going to get into that. Patriots fans, hey, you can laugh while you read this news. But, hey, look, with Bill Belichick going to uh, Atlanta possibly, the biggest question I have is, is he going to be a Arthur Smith 2.0? Now, if you look at the history of Bill Belichick, he's very stubborn when it comes to running backs. For example, I remember one year, you can look this up, there was a running back by the name of Jonas Gray who had a fantastic game on Sunday Night Football. I think he had about 250 yards, three touchdowns. Ever since then, that next week, no one heard of Jonas Gray. I only think he had two carries that next week. They're probably four carries for the rest of his career. So that question translates to now, Justin. Everybody knows that Atlanta has a star running back in Bijan Robinson. He had a great game to end the year, Justin, in New Orleans. And everybody was saying, why couldn't Bijan do that all year? I was wondering that. I remember there was a game in Tampa this year where Bijan was, quote-unquote, sick. And he didn't really play in that game in Tampa, Justin, as you remember. Um, the biggest question is, Justin, is how is, B, um, how is Bill Belichick, if he were to be hired, how is he going to hire this uh, – uh, how's he going to handle this offense? You have a, a pretty good receiver in Drake London. You have a tight end who's borderline good, question mark, in Kyle Pitts. But, hey, you have a superstar at the running back position with Bijan Robinson. And like I said, like I mentioned with the Jonas Gray situation, how is Bill Belichick going to handle these running backs? Is he going to be like Arthur Smith where he gives Bijan a good game and then you don't see or hear from Bijan for a couple, three, four games, and then he'll go to Algiers? How is that going to work, Justin? Also, my last question on this, Justin, is how is Bill Belichick going to approach this quarterback situation? Now, we do know that Desmond Ritter is probably not the answer. Let's just be real. He, he just, he's just probably not interesting to watch, Justin. I don't know if you agree or not. I do think they have to go quarterback in this draft. So that's a couple questions that Arthur Smith needs to handle. If I'm Arthur Smith, I, I understand Bill Belichick is a legend in this sport. But I'm sorry, but I'm going offensively here. I'm, I'm trying to look for a young cat in the San Francisco tree, maybe not, maybe the Andy Reid tree, maybe you go Andy Reid tree, so Justin, uh, to sum it up, to, to finish on this, I have to say, I probably would not go Bill Belichick, just because I just don't know if he can connect with these young players that Atlanta has potentially, and I'm basing it off of Bijan Robinson, I just need him to be involved as much as I can this uh, next season, uh, to win that division crown in a wide-open division, that is uh, the NFC South. Uh, but I'm not going Bill Belichick here if I'm Arthur, uh, Arthur Blank, the owner. Wow, so that's an interesting take. No Bill Belichick, the arguable GOAT of coaching in the NFL. I I look at it in in a little bit of a different way. You know, I, Arthur Smith, first off, was just god-awful. I, I apologize for the language there, uh, but he was just not the answer. As you know, I had my frustrations being a Bijan fantasy owner, as a lot of you guys probably are and were. Uh, but I think Bill Belichick, as much as his history states that he likes to use multiple running backs, I really think this could be a different era of Bill Belichick where he really leans into the studs of his team. We saw probably, what, eight years ago. I know that's a little a little dated, but LeGarrette Blunt was the guy for, for the Patriots for a season when he had 18 touchdowns. And, That's right, and we've gone we've gone pretty far away from when Brady and this offense was Brady and a Belichick scheme was really successful on the offensive side. But if you look at it, there's 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 some similarities between those Falcons teams and this uh, and the Patriots team. You know, 
Gronkowski was a really, really uh, powerful and dominant player when he was in New England. But Kyle Pitts is right there. He's just been underutilized. Same with, what, Julian Edelman. I know Drake London is a outside receiver, and Edelman was more in, in, in the slot. But Drake London's there. He's been underutilized. And then Bijan, of course, is just so, so talented. And I think Bill Belichick will understand that more. Uh, Belichick was just running a lot of running backs out there that, that were kind of low-risk, lower-round picks that if they if they failed, if they fumbled, if they didn't block well, he could move them out. But I think he's going to really understand that Bijan needs to be utilized correctly for this offense to be successful, especially with all that blowback from the fans and the, and the whole league of how Arthur Smith handled that offense. But I think Bill Belichick yeah. would be the right move for this team. Uh, but, of course, they do need to address the quarterback position. A quarterback like Desmond Ritter, you can't get benched twice and think you're starting the next season. I think the draft or, or a, a Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson mm. be on the horizon. What do you think about a couple of veteran names like those two guys? I think those two aren't bad, but how about Justin, Justin Fields? Justin? How about that? What do, that would be offensive key. As, as a little bit off topic, as you look at the Bears, they don't seem very confident in sticking with Justin Fields. I was listening to the uh, postseason uh, conference here by the um, Bears GM. Um, he uh, didn't seem all that confident. They didn't, you know, uh, I think his name is Brian Poles, I believe. He did not seem 100% committed to Justin Jefferson, which is an automatic red flag. Because when you're in the season, you're not, we're not going with Justin, Jeff, uh, Justin Fields. That, that's it to me. If I'm Justin Fields. Even Justin Fields post-game uh, against the Packers that very last year of the season, he didn't seem confident. If I'm the Falcons, I'm looking into that because I think Justin Fields is a great – I think he's a good quarterback. He's just not all the way settled. So if you can give Justin Fields Bijan, you can give Justin Fields Kyle Pitts and Drake London. With the Bill Belichick, okay, I'm sold. So uh, I think maybe a Kirk Cousins could fit too, but so what, what, what do you think with the Kirk Cousins injury? I mean, do you think he's going to be 100%? What Kirk Cousins are we going to get here? I think the safest pick is just, hey, let's go with Justin Fields, right? Yeah, I, I, you know what, I was not thinking of that name, but you threw out Fields, and that just didn't sound, like that, that just sounded so much better. Like, that sounded like a perfect fit. I do think that the Bears will look in a different direction, having the first overall pick, having Caleb Williams or Drake May at, at their disposal, kind of resetting that, that money market for quarterback, because I know Fields is probably due in a year or two for an extension. So I think they all, will look in a different direction, which means Fields will be a different direction. Atlanta seems like a prime spot, and yeah. and and I know I threw out Kirk Cousins. I think he would excel in this offense, and I think he'd be great. I know that the injury might be a little bit of a concern, but he's not a pocket, or he's not he's only a pocket passer. He's not a runner. Um, but I I do think Minnesota will probably re-sign him. He's kind of gonna get that that Dak Prescott treatment. If you remember a few years ago when Dak messed up his leg really bad. Going into that season, the Cowboys were kind of on the fence of, like, is Dak going to be our guy? Can we really extend him? Can we pay him the big quarterback money? He gets injured. The team misses him because they had a rush out. Who was it? Was it Dalton at the time? I don't quite remember. It was uh, Andy Dalton. It was Dalton. Dalton. And, and, and Dalton wasn't that wasn't that good. And so they, 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 they missed Dak, and then they paid Dak. 
I think Minnesota's going to do the same thing. So I think Kirk Cousins might be off the board, even though I like him in Atlanta. But I do really like the Fields idea, and I think come, what, uh, April, we could see something like that happen. So I think that's a great, great idea, great move, and I'm really happy with how our first podcast went. Janelle, do you have any closing thoughts for the, for the audience and how, what we talked about today? I just want to say, uh, what's up, Green Nation? This is really fun today. Uh, Justin just discussing what we love is our passion of sports. Uh, there's nothing better than, I'm not going to lie, than the playoffs. Uh, headed to the Super Bowl, it's literally like a second Christmas to me. Uh, nothing's better than even like Super Bowl Sunday, getting the food ready around 3 o'clock, watching the pregame, even knowing what like jerseys they're going to wear. Uh, everything about the Super Bowl is just exciting. It's sports extra- extravagance here, and so – I'm excited for these next couple weeks to discuss who is going to be the last man standing Justin. It's going to be very interesting next week to discuss the NFC and AFC championships, Justin. Uh, and I, 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 this is only the beginning, man. This is only the beginning, Green Nation. We, we're so excited to really get started on, on next, next level podcasting and fantasy sports. And we're also on TikTok. Uh, I just got, got started on there, so give that a check out as well. And yeah, we just really appreciate you guys listening and share to your friends. Like, listen, and subscribe, of course. We are, like Janoa said, just getting started. Can't wait to build this this green this nation of the green for for our sports podcast. And I thank you guys so much for your time. This is what we love. What we want to talk about, and we ready to hear it. And talk with us too. This brand. So that's a thank you for me, Genoa. Say your goodbyes and we will get out of here. Green Nation, y'all have a good weekend. Peace. Peace. All right. I'll see you, Janny. That was awesome. Everybody.